0: Clearly mark the radio dial setting at
1: motorcitygaming.com.
0: Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the carnal rat frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this.
1: The last line of defense in major gaming news GameZilla
0: Alpha. Prepare to take shelter. And obey instructions instantly. This
1: is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force.
0: This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight, as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together, step by step.
1: Zilla, Alpha.
2: You have survived. You have overcome all odds. And if you are listening to this, we need your help. I'm Jazzy and I'm Grimlock and we are the Alpha, Alpha Force.
1: Force. Welcome Jazzy.
2: Man, how you doing?
1: Man, I'm really liking this this new gig. I'm yeah. really liking the Alpha Force. I'm liking Gamezilla Alpha. It's good to be back. It's like Gamezilla but better. <laughs> Well, let's not let's More not alpha. let's not hurt ourselves in this chat. Let's say it's, it's better um, than the Legend of Retro. It, oh. No, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> I like those guys too much. That's mean. Uh. But yeah, welcome to the Gamezilla Alpha Podcast, Episode One. That's right. It's not Ooh. the pilot. It's not zero zero zero. <laughs> episode <laughs> pilot episode one point oh one. <laughs> That's it. Just one. Nothing else. It's a very special it's the episode. It's alpha episode. It is. Oh, my. Just boof. blown. That's right. It's a very special episode. It we, is. Uh, we are going to be giving you our first interview. We've talked about that this show was born because we wanted to bring you special focus content. And sometimes that content was going to be interviews within the gaming industry to help our fans better understand... You know, what it takes to make a video game. What's it like to produce a video game? What inspires somebody or gives them ideas and creates these worlds that we love so much? All of these answers are things we want to bring to the of Alpha podcast, and we get to start with a very special episode today. Yes. And this podcast and this episode and even this interview all happened because
2: of Patreon. Yep. The GameZilla Alpha podcast is made possible by our patrons. You can get early access to GameZilla Alpha by going to our patron page and becoming a patron. Gamezilla Alpha on Patreon. Or GameZilla it's just GameZilla Podcast. I keep saying Gamezilla Alpha because that's the show we're on. And it's, it's just GameZilla. Race. Gamezilla. The <laughs> beast that is all of gaming in a mega formation of Zillas.
0: Sure. <laughs> I
1: like
2: it. Let's just roll let's roll with it. Why yeah, we'll, not? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that.
1: But yeah, we want to thank everybody. It's been uh, it's been a good first month. We're just about we're just moving into our second month on Patreon and um the support has been fantastic. The uh, the community has been awesome and I couldn't ask for more. It it's beat our expectations already and and we're looking forward to what uh, the rest of the year has to bring so
2: absolutely couldn't couldn't have asked more from our fans especially the ones that support us on patreon want to give a special shout out this week to our friend from spain who increased his patronage because he was enjoying the content that he got with the amount that he was you know donating to us he wanted more
1: yeah, I believe the words were something like you deserve it keep up the good work. So yeah. it, it always feels good when you get that type of feedback from from our friends. and we call and, and, and you know, I don't want to steal this from kind of funny, but I get it. Yeah. I understand it now. And it's it's not that we like to call it, we call them fans, we call them whatever. But they are they're our friends. They're talking with us every day. They're playing video games with us now. It, it's just a community. It's an awesome community and we're just lucky to have it. That's yeah.
2: that's it. We gotta come up with a cool word for it though, so you know I'm working on that. I wanna work on that. Hey what oh in Jurassic Park, what are the the, the little like groups of raptors called? A pack? Is it a pack of raptors? I have no idea actually. Yeah, no. we'd have to look that up and maybe they could be like they could be like that's our group is whatever. I don't know, we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, we'll have to come up with a cool a cool title for for our uh our community, but all right. Well, like I said, we have a special episode. We interviewed Corey Heald from Underbite Games, based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So this is a homebrewed indie company that we love. We met them at PAX South in Texas, and we fell in love with their game. We fell in love with their logo. We and and then the more and more that we talked with this company, it, it was it's just it's a it's a great company that offers so many cool services for anybody that's interested in gaming and on top of it they make
2: their own games man can we talk about this logo though i love this logo so for everybody listening that hasn't already gone and check out underbite games their logo is an angler fish that's like uh been cart been uh, made into a cartoon but he's like got this like Almost grin on his face. That kind of like is saying like, "Hey, I want to be your friend, but I'm also an angler fish. So can you trust me?"
1: <laughs> Pretty much. It's yeah. awesome. It's it's a really cool looking logo. I, when they handed me their card, it was like a square card, perfectly square, and it just had that fish on one side. And I was like, "Oh, that's sweet." You know. So. In their like their art style already drew me in uh, for that and their game that we're going to talk about Super Dungeon Tactics so both of that uh, art style and, and their business uh, and their marketing for their, for their actual business were fantastic so um, without, without let's not waste any more time let's get into our interview with Corey Heald, the creative director from Underbite Games how you doing Corey?
0: I'm doing great Thanks for
1: taking the time and joining the GameZilla podcast to talk about your company, your video game, and everything else that Underbyte Games is doing.
0: That's awesome. Looking forward to it.
1: All right. So let's just start off with who is Corey? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into game design and, and what, you know, what uh, you're a huge game, uh, maybe a huge fan of games. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. Um, I've, uh, started working in 3d, um, back in 92. Um, so it's been a long time. that I've been doing computer graphics and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, started a, a early company when I was, um, like 22 years old. Um, my first company, but so I've always been kind of an entrepreneur and looking for, you know, trying to be out there and pushing the limits of things. So I got into interactive 3d for the web pretty early on uh, which is actually very similar to where you know games and that kind of thing um, but through the through time uh, you know it feels like um, you kind of run out of challenges and that's something I really look forward to um, kind of new ideas new challenges what can we do next and um, also being creative on top of that and then throwing in some you know awesome art so um, games felt like that was the a good ticket for that. So, um, we uh, Underbite Games. You know, we about three years ago um, we formed Underbite Games to get out there and, and uh, just start working on our own projects. Although it takes a little bit of time to make that happen. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So my background uh, through all that time of kind of figuring out where I needed to be is is pretty diverse. Uh, I've done everything from you know architectural renderings and. and Big 3D uh, presentations and that kind of thing. Uh, I've done graphic design. Um, I've actually taught uh, digital animation and game design, um, which surprisingly is is a great piece for learning how to uh, fix problems. Um, You know, when you get stuck in a room with 20 students and every one of them has an issue, you've got to figure out how to problem solve pretty quickly. (laughs) Good point. um, point. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a surprisingly uh, awesome you know, piece to build pull from that. <clears throat> um, and then also uh, the graphic design side of things, I had an opportunity, my um, first company was bought out by a marketing firm and uh, that was a surprising insight into um, thinking about how important branding is, um, it's been something that's been really important to us with our logo and just things that we put out, um, just thinking about the graphic side of things, is it appealing? Um, so, all those kind of pieces kind of formed, uh, you know, what I am today and, and um, bring something hopefully a little different to what we do.
1: Yeah. Well, that's really cool. You, um, we talked a little bit before we actually got started in the interview, and you mentioned that uh, within Underbite Games, you wear a lot of hats. So, we, we call you a creative director, but you also mentioned game design, art design, you know, you you are a master in, in many fields. So, what uh, what's your multiple roles within Underbyte Games.
0: Sure, um, it, it's like I said, it's, it's lots of different things. Um, I try and do project management, that's probably the biggest one I fail at, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I have to kind of keep the team rolling. Um, I'm usually the one that's dealing with, uh, we had a PR firm we worked with, um, and um, you know, keeping up on Twitter and blog posts and updating the website, getting ready for shows, um, so a lot of the visuals for that, kind of the marketing side of things, um, I've got to handle, um, did the art direction, also worked with, uh, our lead designer. Um, so he and I kind of worked in tandem, uh, as, as kind of a pair, uh, to do all the design for the game. And then, um, actually did level design and level, most of the levels in, in Super Dungeon Tactics were, um actually finished by me so I had to put all the assets together and and uh do that um so that's kind of and then I actually did art production as well so there's actually some art assets that I worked on uh as well on top of that so um
1: Corey you sound like like a busy you sound like a busy person you sound like a very busy (laughs) person how do you have time for this interview
0: (laughs) (laughs) It, it was uh near the end it was pretty intense but um you know, it's, you don't get into games. Well, I guess you get into games for two reasons. Either you love it or, um, you know, you're, you're trying to, you think you can make a buck and we, we do it here cause we love it. So, um, it means a lot of time and, and a lot of effort, but, uh, hopefully it pays off in the end. So.
1: Yeah. So with talking about your positions at underbite games, um, what is some of the, or maybe the hardest thing about your job that you have to, that you have to do?
0: Boy, um, as far as job goes, um, I think it's, um, you know, for me, it's just trying to, to maintain all the different aspects. When you wear that many hats, you've got a lot of people that are relying on you. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a deadline at the end of the month or end of the week or, or even day to say, you know, I got all my I got all these art assets done, I'm done for the day and I can go home and relax because I've got four different people asking me for the for things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um makes a lot and so of I sense. think that
0: was yeah, that was the biggest challenge was trying to, you know, get everyone to communicate with me uh ahead of time so I could be like, you know, hey, on Thursday I need this thing. Well that means I gotta work late Wednesday to get it done to you, you know. Right. Um but at least I could schedule it so um, that's probably the the, the toughest part um, from a, from a production side of things
1: yeah I can I can understand that big time over over here in Motor city gaming I wear mini hats as well and it's always that like you said you're a creative person and if you're anything like me when you're when you're in the zone and you're creating and and you're excited about a pro, you know a, a product that you're building or something like that it's like yeah but i have these 20 things over here that i still have to do but i really really <laughs> yeah. want to keep working on this you know so like that i it, it, taking your time and um you know dividing it up properly always always hard and that goes back to that project management and trying to carry all of those uh, all those hats but it's cool that you're able to do all that if you had to pick the one thing out of all that what's your favorite part of your job what do you like to do the most
0: definitely the design side of things um and not just the hey here's an idea go make it it's um i, I really like the nitty-gritty i like i like whiteboard sessions i like um you know Everybody, you know whoever's part of it because we bring in uh, depending on what we're working on or talking about from a design standpoint um, for us it's really important that we don't separate uh, people from that design talk so uh, for instance if we're talking about a new mechanic we'll pull in the developer you our know, developers into it and say hey we want you to be a part of this so we can it's you're aware of what we're talking about so it's not crazy um, <laughs> but I love that that aspect of, um, you know, really trying to think about something, uh, how would this work, how would this, this feel the best, um, you know, and that's where we tried with Super Dungeon Tactics to do some of those, something different, um, you know, and, and where do we inject ourselves into, you know, making a game.
1: Cool. All right. Well, um, I have a couple personal questions. I just want to, uh, learn about Corey a little bit, and that is simply, What's your favorite video game ever? Like, maybe it still is, or maybe it was, but what? What? Uh, what's something that Always will mean something Boy, to Corey.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I could. It's easy to do like a top three or top five, but top one. If you want, um, if
1: you want to give me a top three, I'll accept it.
0: <laughs> okay, top three. Um, all right, so I would say top three uh, would be at least the ones that kind of I think about and um, Fable. Uh, okay. It was one of my first big, you know, experiences I had. Um, <clears throat> I think Mass Effect, um followed up with that. You know that, you know, living through that game. <clears throat> um, and then uh, a, a, probably an odd one was uh, Castle Crashers. Cal- um, okay.
1: All good picks. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Very good.
0: Um, so, yeah, you no, know, last one was a little bit weird, but uh, it was for the value and the the fun that I got from my friends and family out of that one was pretty fantastic.
1: So. Yeah, Castle Crashers was was kind of my awakening to uh, behemoth games. You know, I um, we've been able to talk with them at PAX uh, Prime in Seattle and, and get you know, but when I first played Castle Crashers I remember that because of that I, I've learned about uh, Alien Hominoid and and some of their other games and, and I just love their art style like there's something about mm-hmm. their art style that's, that's the biggest thing I love about Behemoth games like even I have a drawstring you know backpack that I carry around that's their giant like overweight chicken um, just just silkscreened yeah. onto the back of it, and I remember them giving them away at PAX Prime in like 2015. And I'm like, I run up to the guy, I'm like, "What do I need to do to get this?" <laughs> I'm like, "I need yeah. this bag." <laughs> so very cool. i got two of
0: them.
1: So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know. So yeah. yeah um, and then Fable is another another great uh, great game that uh, I loved on the original Xbox. Uh, Fable two, and then you know, and then unfortunately this the the IP kind of started to. Waver a little bit so hopefully yep. we, hopefully uh, Microsoft does something with that down the road but uh, and then Mass Effect my my wife is a is a it's probably her one of her favorite games of all time so I personally don't know a lot about Mass Effect but at the same time I do because I I've sat by and watched it all you know <laughs> secondhand
0: yeah that was, that was the first game I was I literally can remember emotionally feeling like strong emotions during the gameplay, two or three times during it, that I, I can't say I've ever done before in a game.
1: Yeah, just um, a great amount of depth and, and connection to the characters. Like that's um, you know, that's something. I mean, that out of the out of Fable, Mass Effect. You know, for me, I think one of my first games that I remember where I just got like caught up into it was. Um, was Gears of War, surprisingly, and it was just, it was the story yeah. modes, playing through it cooperatively with a friend of mine growing up. Like, every time a Gears came out, no matter if we hadn't talked in a year, we would reach out to each other and be like, are you ready? We, and we would go play the game. Even even this last Gears of War, you know, I hadn't talked to him in a long time, and uh, he, he reached out. He's like, hey, new Gears is coming. Are you ready? And we played through, through the story, but, man... That that I connected to those characters, and, and when you know when the story started to wrap up and things started to happen, uh, it it definitely it pulled at, pulled at the heartstrings.
0: Yeah, that was that's actually my favorite franchise. Oh, um, there you go. And uh, Gears Two, especially when uh, when he finds when Dom finds his wife, yeah, uh, is is one of those moments. You know, I'm like, whoa, that was that was pretty heavy. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I, I, same thing. I, I went on actually read the books for Gears, um, a couple of them, uh, because I was so interested in in that. When I went back and played after reading the books, was was pretty fa- pretty fantastic. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that franchise. So
1: yeah, it's it's a special franchise to me. I'm not, I don't play a lot of Xbox, but I own my system. It's the Gears, it's the new Gears Xbox One. I have the Gears 360. <laughs> you know that everything, everything I own is Gears based. That's that's my. I'm not the Halo like I play Halo, but I'm but I'm a Gears boy. That's what I am. Yeah. So, well, yep. coo- uh, very cool. Let's um let's talk a little bit more about Underbite Games, and then and then I think Jazzy's gonna slide in here and, and talk about the um, Super Dungeon Tactics. So, you you mentioned about three years ago you um, formed Underbite Games and and kind of got this the ball rolling, but um. Why don't you over that that span? Why don't you talk about some of the projects that you've been able to work on? And uh, um, you know, if, if you if you're allowed to, I know there's I know there's rules here, but if you're allowed to, maybe anything that might be right around the corner for Underbite Games.
0: Sure. Um, so yeah, we got started, and, and prior to Underbite Games, I was part of another studio, uh, one of the partners there, and and we decided they went more tech, uh, and we decided to go more creative. Uh, on the game side. But, so I've been doing games for um, almost 10 years now. Um, and uh, we, we started off um, basically doing for hire work. So lots of little projects um, really meant to just kind of gel the team, um, you know, get, keep food on the table, uh, think about ideas, make, you know, connections and that kind of stuff. So we didn't start the company with, Hey, this is a game we're going to make, uh, which might be a little bit different than a lot of places um and so uh we started making connections one of the passions i have outside of games when i want to unplug is is playing board games and not like monopoly and that kind of thing but more you know kind of medium to heavy uh board games where i can kind of just not be around electronics (laughs) Um, and they've got some amazing properties uh on that side of things you know because it, the difference between that and the board, you know, a digital game and a board game is board games, when they print it, it's it's out there. You can't take it back. You can't do a patch update. Um, right. You know, it's done. So um, everything has to be right. And, and you have maybe that moment where someone sees the edge of your box in a store and that's what they got to, that's what they're judging the game on. Um, so uh, very intrigued with that. So we started, you know, some relationships um, with some of the board game companies that we were interested in, um, and develop some, you know, little, little projects here and there for them. Uh, but we also along the way worked with Indies. Um, we've actually worked with, with, with Disney and, and Nickelodeon. Um, we worked with Zanga. Um, so everything from like a one man show all the way up to, you know, huge companies we've, we worked with and it kind of gelled the team, um, That definitely created, you know, some revenue for us to to move forward with. And um, then we finally um, had the opportunity to uh, meet up with uh, Soda Pop Miniatures Ninja Division as a publishing arm of them um, at uh, Adepticon down in Chicago, um, which is coming up here. So um, we met up with them and, you know, worked with them on a, a couple little small projects and that kind of stuff. And then... Uh, they talked about wanting to do a digital game around Super Dungeon uh, Explorer, their kind of bread and butter game. Um, and they wanted some small little app, and we said, hey, we've, we've been wanting to you know, uh, do a game that we want to do with new mechanics and really cool uh, ideas and stuff like that that we've got. We love to, to take your game further than that. So um, they allowed us to use their property and uh, – You know, that's kind of where everything got started, but along the way, um, a lot of people probably don't know that, but I mean, there's only, uh, we only had six people total working on super dungeon tactics. Um, and most of those people were only working on it 20 to 30 or say 25 to 50% of the time. Okay. Uh, Otherwise we were, we were doing outsourcing. So paying the bills and, and trying to make things happen. So, um, it was a a pretty big undertaking, um, you know, for all of that. So, um, it was interesting when we, they, they weren't even sure. It's a side story. We weren't even, they weren't sure about our idea, So we actually took game pieces and we paper prototyped it. So we made custom dice and, and, uh, took their miniatures and made up our game board and actually before we started coding anything, we actually had the game working, you know, at a core level, um, with physical products,
1: oh, that's cool. which was really
0: fun. Yeah, so we actually went went to some of the local board game places and actually tested it with people um, to kind of get the mechanics down. And uh, so that was kind of a different approach. And then for Pax uh, Prime, when it was called Pax Prime, um, we uh, we put together a demo in one month that was a multiplayer you know, same system demo uh, where you could play against each other with heroes and villains. Um, and that's where we, you know, first showed off the the prototype. And we actually, it was far enough along that we, um, they sold these little uh, uh, treasure chests with teeth, um, you know, the, uh, I always forget the name of them. They call them boo-booties, so, um, but uh, we actually had a copy of the alpha <laughs> On those drives. Oh, cool. Which was pretty fun. So, yeah. yeah. So um, that's kind of how everything evolved um, as far as, you know, working on the current game. Um, And right now uh, we definitely have some uh, updates and things going for the game, but we're also um, in early phases of our next, uh, I would say, big project. Um, We can't release. The, the name, the property we're working with, but uh, I can say this, that it is uh, it is a turn-based strategy game, um, another one, but uh, kind of learning from this recent one uh, with some of the good and bad. Um, but also, um, it's going to be um, in the superhero genre. So, oh, cool. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. And, yeah. uh We should be seeing a lot more this time next, well, actually this summer will be releasing quite a bit of content uh, and then hopefully uh, this time next year will be a kind of a big uh, a big push so
1: okay great well we'll keep we'll keep an eye out for that um, the the last question that I have about Underbite games is you know we've we've spent some time on your website and and I see that like you said you outsource but it also looks like you um, will offer your services to um, other Gaming companies, you know, small or large, like you're saying, to help them create maybe an idea that they have. So, I yeah. guess my question is, what services do you provide for for others that maybe are looking to create a game or or, or um, you know, design a three dimensional character?
0: Sure, yeah, we um, and, and when I when I mention outsource, we it's actually that's what I mean by that. We people can outsource to us. Um, so I, I, so I know that word sometimes thinks you're going out to other people, but <laughs> we look for other people who go to us. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, like I said, we've worked with, you know, one man show in a basement that's, that's working on a game and needs some characters, um, and all the way up to, you know, uh, handle all the art for us and handle all the art direction. Uh, typically art's what we outsource or, or what people come to us for, um, but, uh, we can also, you know, do development support or, um, even do full turnkey games. So someone who's got, uh, funds, but is also like looking at it saying, Hey, I've got an idea. Um, a lot of times what we do as well when it's bigger projects is we do some kind of, um, you know, profit sharing, some kind of reduced rate type thing, um, just because we understand that when you get into games, you know, you just don't know what you're going to make. Right. Right. And so shelling out a ton of money in the front for something you hope is going to do well. Um, we try and, and help minimize the risk for, for developers because we, we do it ourselves. Um, and so we understand that, uh, you know, saving a few hundred bucks is, is a big deal when you want to do a, you know, a Facebook campaign or you want to do a, you know, some giveaway give away at PAX. Right. Um, that money you save can go towards those things. So um we try and be very indie friendly, um and uh you know, do what we can and we'll even, you know, provide input and thoughts uh beyond just the product, what we're working on. Uh you know, like, hey, we saw this, would you have you thought about this? And just throw out ideas because we we want to see the industry grow and, and uh induce Right.
1: So um. yeah, that's and that's awesome. That that's um. I, I was seeing that on the site, and I just thought, you know, obviously from a Michigan standpoint, I'm I'm in love with it, right? But even even from the indie gaming just world, that is um so cool. and I feel like even though it's a booming a booming uh area right now in the gaming industry, indies, I I feel like the people that maybe have good ideas that maybe don't have the game design knowledge they they really don't know um where they can go other than like hop on google and then they and then you have those few websites that are like yeah just make our, make your own app by clicking three buttons it's that easy you know and, yeah. and you just make this generic <laughs> template app that everybody's using and it works like crap but um it's very cool and and that's something that i um i think a, we here at Motor City Gaming is something we've already talked about. Like, man, we can work with these guys beyond just networking. This this seems really cool. It might be something that we look into down the road. But uh, for for all of our developers and and creators out there that listen to the show. Um, you know make sure to head on over to underbytegames.com dot com and uh, take a look at this because you know they have like a lot you guys have a lot of examples up there you you openly say if you don't see something you're looking for to contact us, we would have you know be happy to to work with you and uh, explain what we can do for you. so very welcoming i I really like it.
0: Cool, thank you. yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to slide over to Jazzy and you guys are going to talk about Super Tactic Dungeon or sorry
2: Super Dungeon Tactics. <laughs> there we go. All right, so Super Dungeon Tactics as we we've kind of already mentioned a little bit here, it's a turn-based strategy game. <clears throat> Pardon me. That uh it looks very much like you kind of said already it's it's a board game that's virtual. So you have the ability to to move your characters around the board and, and complete missions and stuff like that. So um, what I would like to ask first is there's a, a different array of characters that you could choose to be on your team. And each one of them kind of has their own little uh, powers and menu- moves and, and or moves that they – moves or moves uh, – powers that they could use towards defeating uh, what you have in the game as, like, missions or levels. So how many different <laughs> characters do you have that are playable in this game?
0: Um, by the time you get done, there's 15. Um, and one thing that's kind of unique with that, though, we always let people know is that there's a class item. That's the first slot you can put a, a piece of equipment in. Um, the class item actually brings out a unique special ability ability hero so if you put a a red class item on a on the mage it's going to be different than if you put it on somebody else Um, and each hero has two different color class items that they can have so that means in the end there's almost it's almost like having uh, 30 different heroes uh, because each of them have two unique abilities and there's no overlap between any of the heroes
2: very cool yeah and uh, I thought that was another unique part of the game is, you, like you said, you have that ability to put the class item on there, but you also have the ability to equip weapons and armors and then uh, kind of a modifier slot that um, allows you to, you know, increase your odds of, you know, making your character the most powerful it is. Um, out of all the characters that you have in the game, which one is your favorite and why?
0: Boy um that's a tough one we're, uh we're hitting, you, we're hitting you with
1: the hard the hard question <laughs> yeah
0: i um i think i like the barbarians probably my the one i my, i go through the most um i like the usually i do barbarian with great sword and because i like the the small double square attack uh or the single really heavy attack um and I kind of like that risk of you're going to do a lot of damage, but typically you're, you're going to take it <laughs> a lot as well. Um, so I think one of the, the the hidden parts of the game is, is very much a denial of the enemy. Um, so trying to take enemies out before they get to activate. And that's one of the things that you can set yourself up really well uh, if you can look at that and try and minimize how many times you're getting hit. And uh, Barbarian does a great job of making sure that uh, the enemies don't get a chance to go. Um, plus, I think she's a crazy character. You know, the idea of uh, run out there with a big giant sword and and see what she can do. So, <laughs> um, my,
2: my favorite character that I like to play is the knight. And uh, I think it's almost because uh, I don't know if I just, you know, came across, you know, a uh, a, a secret combination of items that I've put on them, or if this was something that was designed into the game, but I have the uh, 8-bit defense charm on them, which gives them 3 block per attack, and then uh-huh. I have the knight's lance on them, which deals 2 damage to anybody that tries to attack them. So what I do is yep. I kind of send the knight out there, I, I build up a bunch of aggro so that all of the bad guys attack me, and then I block all of it and then do damage to them, so that way it's <laughs> he's like a walking uh, kind of flame shield
0: yeah <laughs> so yeah, did, did i break the game or is, the that, is that a real type. thing <laughs> so yeah right. it's uh, i'm not sure how far you've got uh in the game but i think as you go along you'll find that uh you know he if you don't watch it you'll you'll uh you'll see his health start to go down even with that um but uh yeah he's he's a fun one the lance uh the lance in particular is is a really fun one because you're kind of a little bit restricted as to what you can hit so you're always kind of looking for that great opportunity to do you know three and four uh attacks at one time so um he's he's a pretty awesome one he's obviously our one of our poster childs that's uh a lot of our graphics uh just because i think he's a cool character so
2: very cool now, uh, the one thing about this game that I really want to kind of hit home and let uh, everybody that listens to our show know about is we had met you guys down at Pack South, and Jay here kind of, like, leaned over to me, and he's like, man, what do you think about this? And I'm like, shh, what? There's dice. Why is there dice in a video game? I don't get this. This is interesting. <laughs> and I'm, like, trying to shush him because I'm trying to, to see the demo that you guys are playing and figure out, like... Wait a minute. Is this like a board game, but it's virtual? There's but there's dice. I don't get it. So what what made you decide to put a a concept of of rollable dice in a video game that modifies your characters to basically get kind of buffs or shields uh, per turn?
0: Um. Well, part of it is you know its roots. Uh, even though the gameplay is very very different from you know the it's. Kind of sister board game. Um, the characters are, are pulled from that. Um, we, we didn't shy away from the fact that it, it has a board game feel. Even when you move your characters, you, they, you pick them up and their legs are wiggling um, and that kind of thing. Um, so we decided not to shy away from the fact that its roots were from that. And, and a lot of games now are using cards. Um, and I felt like cards feel sometimes like you can, you know, like the, the system is against you. Um, you know, you don't really know how the cards are being generated, where they're coming from, uh, cause it's hidden and it just flipped over. Um, and we felt like with dice, at least you would be looking at that saying, Hey, I, I know I saw the dice roll. I saw that I got the roll that I got. And there's not a lot of, uh, you know, wondering is the computer against me, um, But in the end, you know, we we wanted to create a a classic turn-based strategy game that people were familiar with, uh, but add a couple components to it that were new. And one of the things for me that always happens in turn-based games is as I get into the bigger ones, I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Um, And we wanted to break that up, but also not let RNG get in the way of, um, you know, like you've heard you know, complaints with people with like an XCOM where you're like, I've got right at their face and I got zero attack. Like what, what happened? Um, so the idea that dice came along as, um, you know, something that you couldn't do in the physical world, which was create your own dice. Cause as you put your gear on all your, um, all your dice are generated by your gear. So that's obviously something that you you just can't happen in the in the real world. Um, but then on top of that, it ended up being a pretty fun mechanic to just modify each round. So each time you're kind of, uh, it's almost like resources is a better way to think of it. They're in the form of dice, but it's kind of like I've generated these resources. How am I going to use them this round? And then the next round that's going to change and, and change your strategy as well as the enemy as well since they're most of the time taking them. So it was just kind of a way to break up the... I guess the monotony, the, the the same thing happening all the time in the, in the game.
2: Very cool. Um, being a big board game fan myself, uh, kind of grew up with Warhammer, uh, certain certain areas of Dungeons and Dragons, and then um, I could speak for myself and Jay here. We were very very big into Hero Clicks when they came oh out. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> put put tons of time and money into something like that. Is there a a board game that you have played that kind of sparked an interest in creating Super Dungeon Tactics.
0: Um, you mean is there a game that uh, that that that's based on?
2: Like, uh, we know that the game itself is based on Super Dungeon Explorer, the the board game. Um, I'm just kind of asking: is there like, is there a game that you played as a board game in the past that kind of like sparked your interest? Of yeah, you know what, I do want to make a board game into a video game
0: oh gotcha um actually the one that did it is a we something i didn't mention earlier is we we actually do um physical product development as well so um we have a a uh turn-based um it's a hex-based miniatures game that's um gonna be getting out into the wild this summer um that's a pretty big miniatures game and um that was actually the first one that kind of made me start thinking about a game existing in both physical and digital space. Um, so it was not one that we played by somebody else. It was something we're developing in house and we thought, man, this would be a really sweet video game as well. Um, the idea of trying to tell a different part of the story, um, in a, in a different way. And that's something that, um, we're very excited about. And if we could kind of define where do we want to go with a company, um that's a part of what we want to do is is look at telling different parts of that story um, that's interesting so that's, yeah. yeah
1: yeah that's cool because not you don't you don't see that that often where uh, a company is doing a physical and a digital version of something but instead of it just being a like usually what happens is you, it's the same thing right and one one of the two uh-huh. it's either it's either a great analog Game and just like a quickly put together digital or vice versa, and so to see that, like you're explaining here, where you know uh, Super Dungeon Tactics versus Super Dungeon Explorer, you know it, it's different, but it's but it's the same universe, and that's what uh, that's that's the cool angle that you uh, you're taking on this.
0: Yeah, if you think about uh, part of like I love Star Wars property, for instance, right? Um, Who If you think it? about what makes to me Star Wars great for me is not just the movies it's all the stuff that goes with it um
1: exactly you know
0: everything from being able when I was a kid to play with the toys to make my own stories to uh, read books to you know watch Clone Wars you know um you know on TV or something like that so it's it's that expanded universe and I think um you know that's one thing we're interested in is is seeing that board board game landscape with all these great properties and thought that goes into those that a lot of people don't see. Um, how can we expand that so that the board game becomes the, the co-op or the, the competitive get together and play. Um, and then the digital maybe becomes that let's learn more about this.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's uh I really like that angle. It's not something you see every day in in the gaming world, but but you just gave a huge example of it, uh, you know, with Star Wars. So it's cool to to see that that comparison and realize, oh,
2: maybe we're missing something here and uh, giving it a try. Exactly. All right. So with the future of Super Dungeon Tactics, you said there's fifteen characters already. I currently am nine missions and or levels deep into this game, and I'm sure there's plenty more to go. Is there a future of, you know, patch updates or more that you're going to add into this game? Will we see more characters kind of get dropped into Super Dungeon Tactics and or more levels, more gear, more dice modifications?
0: Yeah, so we um, just recently, uh, I guess it was a couple, maybe a month ago, I don't know if it was that long. I have to look at my schedule uh, kind of blurs together. Um, we released, uh, an update, um, actually it wasn't that far ago. Um, we released an update with, you know, all new levels. Um, we got, uh, some challenge levels and that kind of thing in there. Um, obviously some patch updates and so, some things that, you know, just kind of tweak a little bit. Um, we added a bunch of new just kind of features and things that, that feel better. Uh, with the game Um, and then to be honest even just yesterday we added another update Um, so things like aggro which is a big part of the game uh, that is kind of a little bit hidden Um, we decided to put that right on the card so if you get into the game now and you haven't played it for a little bit uh, you'll see a new part of the card that actually shows you what's you know what's your aggro level which is basically how much the enemy is going to respond to you as a a player or character oh that's Um, cool so um, lots of big updates, you know, we also went in a lot of uh, trying to really listen to the community, um, and so one of the big things is is people were like, you know, what does this thing do? Uh, the, the big joke is magitize. People are like, you spelled it wrong, and I don't know what it does. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is spelled right, it's, it's magic, and they're mag- magnetized, put together. Um, but that being said, no one knew, knew what it did. It just did something. Uh, and so, uh, the new update that just came out yesterday, um, all the cards now have full description of every single ability, and you can actually mouse over anything on the card, and it'll tell you what it does. Very uh, cool. So, if you, yeah, if you've already equipped it, you can go over and put your mouse over Magitize, and it'll tell you this is what Magitize does. Um, so, lots of little cool things um, that we're trying to listen to the community and and, and make the game solid and and where it needs to be, um, and then uh, the next step is, is taking the game further, and, and hopefully the user base and, and the community wants to see that happen and we definitely have plans to keep growing the game. Um, we haven't physically made the material, but we have um, basically notes and <clears throat> items and weapons and stuff like that all thought out well beyond what we have, uh, and so the game can definitely scale quite a bit, uh, and we'd love to do that. Um, the next big update coming will be, uh, will be controller support um, so that you can use an Xbox or Steam controller. Uh, we've got uh, some talks about multiplayer. Um, we're not committing to that yet, but uh, we do have some talks for that uh, that are happening as well. So lots of big ideas. Um, we're not looking at just trying to drop the game and, and move on to the next thing. Um, but like I said, first we want to listen to the community and, and make sure that we're uh, making the game right and, and everyone's happy as much as we can uh, before we keep moving forward with new things.
2: Awesome. Well, you definitely got my vote. Um, I, I've put a lot of time into this game. I remember when we had met you guys at PAX South, we had came back to the hotel, and I jumped right on my laptop, uh, you know, got the game I was playing, and you know, <laughs> Jay here is like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm playing Super Dungeon Tactics." He's like, "Already?" I was like, "Yep, I already got it." <laughs> <laughs> it was it was <laughs> incredible. <laughs> we had horrible
1: Wi-Fi at our at our hotel, and I was like, I was like, "You you downloaded that already?" Like like I
2: think I just blinked and it was already done. So yeah, he was excited. So I'm definitely looking forward to everything that you guys have coming in the future. Um, multiplayer, you know, you have my vote there. I definitely got a little <laughs> excited when you said that. So, you know, if you need somebody to kind of help push you in that direction, you definitely have my vote. Um, but the one last question that I have for you, I obviously got to meet you guys at Pac South, got all that information firsthand, was able to go right to the hotel and get it up and going. But where can everybody else that listens to this show find your game?
0: Um, yeah, right now, currently uh, the main place, or pretty much the only place is uh, on Steam. Um, so we, uh, uh, there's the Steam store. Uh, you can go to superdungeontactics.com and the links and everything from there. Uh, or if you are happen to be at, um, at PAX, um, I will throw this out there that, uh, we do offer the game directly with a bunch of stickers and miniatures and, you know, a cool loot box. Um, and uh, so that's something that uh, is available. I know at PAX East we're actually giving away an Alienware computer with the game. Ooh. Um, so that's going to be pretty exciting uh, as well. So.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, and and uh, so and there's your confirmation. You will you'll be at PAX East in just a few weeks, actually. That's right. Yeah, we're, we will be there as well. So we're we're gearing up for this, too. It'll be our first time going to PAX East, which uh, currently is your largest PAX convention. Uh, we're, we're very excited, but we'll make sure to swing by and, and say hi to you guys.
0: Awesome. Hey, and if I could, one thing that, that we, just to say on the game, too, just to kind of get people's mindset around it, one thing that doesn't come across very well on the, the website, but um, just sort of out there that we we start talking about the game as a mix between a turn-based tactics game and a dungeon crawl. Um, a lot of people are going into the game thinking it's going to be a Final Fantasy tactics where I'm fighting three, four guys uh, at a time. And they go into it with that mentality and, and don't realize that uh, you might be fighting 30 enemies um, at a time. So okay. it's just something we like to bring up and, and just make sure people's expectations are um, are right with with where the game is at you know some of the levels can take a while to get through which we're we're fine with um but just kind of sharing that and then making sure they use the options to speed up the enemy turns and that kind of thing if you feel you like you want to move things along a little bit better so right
1: yeah and it's it's a fun game the The art style is fantastic I mean it's I love the thing that grabbed me initially you know we didn't know you were from Michigan we didn't you know we didn't know anything but the the characters I, I always the art always draws me in and I go oh those are you know those are I think the first thing I said was, "Oh, look at those! It's a, like a cute little knight, you know, like it, it looked cool, right?" <laughs> and uh, and then I saw on top of that your guys' logo, the Underbite Games Fish, uh, and I was like, "That's a badass logo!" <laughs> and so, um, you know, and that's what drew drew us in to talk with you more. And yeah, the game is it's gorgeous. Um, you know, we we have, and and you bring up like Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Uh, a famous tactics game that people just love. Um, you know it it definitely r- reminds you of that but like you just said the scale is i i love the scale because it, it makes you it gives you that sense of like oh my god this is just it's me versus everything you know type deal
2: and um so you get that bigger epic feel uh in the game and i like how there's uh each kind of like level that you play.s uh kind of have a little different objective base, so you have to think about it and go about it differently. So there might be a level where, you know, you're trying to get to the end of this dungeon, or there might be a level where you're trying to, you know, destroy a certain uh, boss or monster there. And one of my favorite levels that I will give you guys kudos on is was like the uh, the kind of horde mode or, or zombie mode level, where it was like you dropped your characters that you chose in the middle, and it was like survive and kill 60 of them. so so I, i enjoyed that where it was kind of like they all just were coming at you from all different angles and you were trying to position yourself and and get through the level with surviving on all of your characters
0: yeah so we tried to mix it up a little bit i'm glad that uh that came across uh pretty well for you so
1: yeah all right so um let's move into our our last our last section here it's called the lightning round, Corey. This is where we're gonna throw a few uh, a few a or B options at you and we just want you to pull pull quickly and answer quickly and just and just we're gonna go with this and then we'll close it out uh, let you plug anything you need for yourself, underby games, things like that. but first we gotta pick on you a little bit and here <laughs> here we go. So Corey, I'm gonna get started. Mario or Sonic. 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 We got a Sega fan here. Okay. Yeah. Metroid or Castlevania. Metroid. Yes, I, I like Corey. Corey. Is good. <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox. Uh, Xbox. Okay, and then I'm gonna. This is gonna be an interesting one because of your first two answers. Nintendo or Sega. Uh,
0: Nintendo actually.
1: Okay. All right. This one's tough. I just wrote this one in here because why not. God of uh, Gears of War or Gears of War? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely Gears of War. All
1: right, and then I'm going to make you pick Fable or Mass Effect.
0: Uh, Fable.
1: All right. And lastly, Pokemon or Digimon? Pokemon. All right. Thanks for thanks for playing along with the lightning round, and thanks for <laughs> <laughs> thanks for jumping on um, the Gamezilla Alpha podcast for the for an interview here with Corey um, from Underbite Games. As far as I want to give you a platform here, go ahead and once again tell everybody where they can find Super Dungeon Tactics and Underbite Games, and anything that you wanna you wanna plug, or go for it right now.
0: All right. So Super Dungeon Tactics is, is $20 on Steam. Um, and uh, as far as, you know, plugging anything beyond that, uh, I really appreciated you talking about, you know, some of the other things that Underbite does. Um, we're trying to support the indie community, everything from just being a sounding board for ideas on Skype or something like that. Reach out to us and, and talk with us uh, if you've got any questions. Um, and if you need help with stuff, um, you know we're we're very indie friendly so we we'd love to you know help uh anybody out there with ideas and and kind of growing uh this your your concept your idea what you want to do um so that's kind of our uh the two things we've got so um hopefully we've shared something uh of interest so
1: awesome well, Corey. Once again, thanks for coming on the show. We uh, we really liked the game. We, you know, we met we met uh, you and Brian at Pack South, and 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 you were just again, like you said, super friendly to us, and and we're almost we're we were going around networking, trying to get interviews, and it was almost like we came to your booth, and you're like, hey, can we can we uh, can we be on your show? You know, like it was just like it was e- it was easy to work with you, and that's that that was awesome. Uh, it made made things so much smoother. So. But um, thanks again. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, I was saying also, it was great to meet you guys too. And, and uh, you know, just like I said, love to. Uh, people are enthusiastic about games and, and indies and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to close off the interview. Uh, once again, make sure to visit underbytegames.com. Uh, check out. Super Dungeon Tactics on Steam or their direct website superdungeontactics.com and um, that's, this has been Corey, Corey Heald from, the creative director from Underbite Games and Super Dungeon Tactics. Thanks again, Corey. Thank you. There you have it. Our interview with Corey Heald from Underbite Games creative director of Super Dungeon Tactics.
2: Really cool guy. Yeah. It was uh, it, an enjoy. I enjoyed. Sorry. It was an enjoy. It was an enjoy. I enjoyed sitting down with Corey and uh It was an enjoyment. And It was an enjoyment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting down and talking to him, uh, not only about Underbite Games, but about his game Super Dungeon Tactics. So, a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the Super Dungeon Tactics, the game, You know, we saw it at Pac South. It was really cool. Uh, obviously, this interview explains some of the the story of how it how it came to be, and also you know some of the decisions that were made to make this game unique. But uh, I mean, what did you think?
2: I absolutely love this game. If you guys haven't heard of this game already, you have to go to Steam. Twenty dollars only. Get this game. Like he had said in the interview, it's kind of like that, you know, board game meets dungeon crawler with, you know, you know, movable figures around the board, and it uses dice in it. It's something super unique. Uh, I got it the night that we met him at PAX South, so it's totally worth every penny. Support these guys. They're going to do great things in the future, and you have to go look at Super Dungeon Tactics. It's a lot of fun. The characters are cool. You just, ha- there's not enough I could say about this game. Just go to Steam, you know, $20 only, let's 20 support
0: 20 bucks for the
1: guys. amount of gameplay yeah. that you're getting? Because that's the other thing. This game, there's a ton of maps, ton of or sorry, ton of levels, you know, and it's not like, you know, like like Corey said in the interview, it's not like Final Fantasy Tactics where it's like 1 verse 4, 1 verse 3. It's sometimes it's like 1 verse 30, yeah. So that that level is gonna take some time, and then like your example, the zombie level that was that's
2: it's so much fun. Yeah, each level's got something a little bit differently. It keeps your interest and wants you to, you know, keep playing more. If you uh, happen to be in the area for PAX East in Massachusetts, the guys at Underbite Games will be there to display uh, Super Dungeon Tactics there as well. Um, cool thing if you are there and you do get to go to them. Uh, to their booth, uh in the indie section, they sell the game there. Like he had said in the interview, with like in a little, it was like in a little paper baggie last time. Well, they ran, it was cool. a, they ran out of so. the. They ran out.
1: It actually comes in a chest.
2: Oh, they ran out of the. And chest they ran and out, they out of the, the chest, the baggies, so right, right. Well, they had were paper baggies
1: left. But yeah. but yeah, if you're if you're one of the uh, you know the first wave then you're probably going to be getting a, a cool like cardboard chest that inside has the figures and the game Yeah, and... it
2: has the soda pop figurine for the characters that you could play in Super Dungeon one of the characters that you could play in Super Dungeon Tactic and you uh you get the game yeah so. super worth the value definitely some cool guys uh stop by that booth and just chat it up with them
1: yeah and then one more time if they can make it to PAX East uh what in a week
2: yeah a week from... not even not even a not week not even wow
1: Man, we better start packing. But uh, if you can't make it to PAX East, then one more time, how can they get a hold of this great
2: game? They can go onto Steam. They can look up Super Dungeon Tactics, and it is $20 on Steam.
1: If you don't know what Steam Steam is, then just go to underbitegames.com, and you'll find your path from there. And then remember, if you are a creator, if you're interested in building your own game, but maybe you need a little bit of help. Look up UnderbiteGames.com because they uh, provide services for you too. So this is a really cool company. They're making games. They're doing they're they're doing some of their own stuff, but at the same time, they're helping others. And that is uh, I always love hearing that. So make sure to, to head on over to UnderbiteGames.com and uh, support support these guys. They're they're doing some cool stuff, and, and the three short years that they've been around. We've seen, they've, they've gotten to be on some cool projects and they're showing a, a lot of growth. So that's uh, that's great to see here in Michigan and in the indie scene. But uh, that wraps up our our special interview episode with Corey Heald of Underbite Games. We want to thank everybody for listening to episode one. We will be back uh, next week with a new topic, probably Switch-related since the launch is here. And-
2: Let's do a PAX East one, like, you know, show instead. Nah, we'll be. No, at- will probably be Switch. Okay.
1: <laughs> the problem is, and that's what we have to figure out, is that we'll be at PAX when we're supposed to record. Right. So. So,
2: do we do something live? Maybe. Yeah,
1: we're going to figure it out. But uh, keep an eye out on our social media Motor City Gaming uh, on Facebook, tw- uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Um, or just head on over to motorcitygaming.com and all the links and all the information is on our site but keep an eye out because we might do a special show there or we might do a wrap-up show a little late or, you know it just depends on the situation we don't know what the you know internet access is gonna be right. and, and all that type of stuff so this is our first time going to Pax East so we're gonna we're gonna have to play play it carefully we'll say yep. Um so yeah, that's uh, that's it. We'll, we'll we'll be back next week. You can listen to this podcast if you're on Patreon every Thursday night, early access. Otherwise, we release on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, and of course, MotorCityGaming.com dot com every Sunday. So make sure to listen to the parent show, Gamezilla Podcast, yep. every Tuesday. And The Legend of Retro, if you're into the old games and you want to listen to Final Fantasy or uh, Maniac Mansion, games like that, each episode is tailored around one game, and that's on every Thursday, The Legend of Retro.
2: And for everybody that does listen to us now and or is listening to us for the first time it would be a big help if you listen to any of those shows to just go to whichever platform you are listening to them on give us that like emoji give us that you know thumbs up give us click that subscribe button leave a review five stars it'd be a big help for us to get knocked up those ranks so that we can get more people the Gamezilla, zilla alpha and the legend of retro experiences into their hands and into their ears
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview today and we will be back next week. And until then, game game on! on.